from Australia. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au. And it is the edition for February 7, 2021. I'm Graham VK4BB and obviously this week we'll be taking a look at the recent ACMA notification on their consultation papers on the future of amateur radio licensing and regulation. But we must send our thoughts and prayers to our friends in the West in the bushfire regions near Perth and particularly Bob Bristow who was less than five kilometres from the red zone and spent several sleepless days and nights. Bob, VK6POP, is the force behind the VK6WIA news service, but like the Pony Express, no doubt his news will still get through. Neither COVID nor fire will halt his news. A little later in today's news, it's off to a safer WIA area, Mandurah and Dave, VK6FAAZ. To newsmedia.com.au now, who are reporting how Adelaide Hills community rallies to save their local radio station. Over 1,000 Adelaide Hills residents have signed a petition to get their community radio station back on air after it was denied an ongoing broadcasting licence by the federal government in September. Now these residents have started a campaign for the ACMA, which manages all broadcasting licences, to open up a second community radio frequency in the hills. And whilst we're looking at broadcast radio, Commercial Radio's weekly audience hit 11.1 million in 2020. The Australia Metropolitan Commercial Radio audience grew by 2% to just over 11 million listeners in 2020, a year dominated by COVID-19, which saw the number of people listening at home jump by 8% to 6.4 million. Commercial Radio Australia's annual listening shows radio cumulative audiences climbed by 10% over the past five years. VK1WIA. Hello, this is Greg with a WIA special board comment. Something that should be of both interest and concern of all radio amateurs in Australia has just been released by the Spectrum Regulator. This very important announcement last Wednesday, on February the 3rd from ACMA, is a consultation advisory potential major changes to the amateur radio service and its licensing regime into the future. The following is quoted directly from the ACMA announcement, and I quote, Have your say, review of non-assigned amateur regulatory arrangements. The ACMA has reviewed the regulatory arrangements that authorise the operations of non-assigned amateur stations. This work was part of a broader review that included non-assigned outpost licensing arrangements, as foreshadowed in the five-year Spectrum Outlook 2020 2024. The objective of our review is to identify the best licensing mechanism that reduces regulatory burden and minimises costs for licensees, while also preserving the current operational utility for licensees. We have identified a set of options. We could 1. Keep the existing apparatus licensing arrangements and conditions. 2. Simplify the existing licensing arrangements and conditions. Or three, transition non-assigned stations to class licensing arrangements while retaining apparatus license arrangements for assigned stations. We are now consulting on these options and our preferred approach to authorise the operation of non-assigned amateur stations under a class licence. We're also seeking preliminary comments on proposal to establish an additional kind of accreditation to allow people to become accredited persons to issue frequency assignment certificates for assigned amateur repeater and beacon licences. That's the end of the quote. Note that currently amateur licences such as Foundation Standard Advance are classified as non-assigned apparatus licences. Repeaters 
and beacons are assigned apparatus licenses. The WA will be submitting a response to this consultation. We have yet to review the details of the options proposed, especially the proposed legislative instruments that underpin the proposals. Hence it is premature to comment on our initial assessment and position on the pros and cons of each of the options. Please be assured that WI will keep our members updated directly via email on this important issue. Finally, there's been a very pleasing response to the call for 2021 director nominations, with nominations received by our returning officer being in excess of the vacant positions, so accordingly an election will ensue. Details to be advised to members soon. The WI, now 110 plus years young, can only continue to support the amateur radio community with your support. If you have a real passion for the future of amateur radio, the WI needs you. Until next time, this is Greg, VK2GPK. Now, international news with Jason, VK2LAW. Hello, we begin this week with news from Australia. For this story of an Australian with an Indian twist, we visit the Times of India, who take us to Kolkata. Once known as Calcutta, its official name until 2001, it's the capital of the Indian state of West Bengal. The city is approximately 80 kilometres west of their border with Bangladesh. Now enough of the history and geography story, and on to this story of ham radio finding a missing person, a bit of an everyday occurrence for members of the West Bengal Radio Club. A 69-year-old man of Indian origin who was rescued from the streets of Kolkata a few weeks ago and admitted to hospital has turned out to be an Australian citizen. Thanks to amateur radio operators, the Australian High Commission in India has been contacted and efforts are on to track down his records and family. The only document he possesses is a photocopy of a registration certificate declaring him an overseas citizen of India. A few days ago, health department officials, who know of our work in tracing down the families of lost people, got in touch and told us about the man. It came to light that the man is Ashoki Chakravati from Sydney, Australia, said Ambarish Nagbiswa's secretary, West Bengal Radio Club. The hams say it's possible that Chakravati worked at the branch of a nationalised bank in the Darjeeling district before moving to Australia. We received calls from the Australian Deputy High Commissioner's office the officials spoke to the patient, who speaks fluent English, and says that he's from Australia but doesn't remember his address there. When asked whether he seeks assistance, he demanded that he be reunited with his relatives in Australia, an official at the state-run hospital said. When contacted, a source at the Australian Deputy High Commissioner's Office in Kolkata said that efforts are on to find out more about Jack Roverty. To Taipei now, signals received from Taiwan's CubeSats. The Taipei Times reports amateur radio operators have received signals transmitted by Taiwan's two new CubeSats, which are called USAT and IdeaSat, and were launched by SpaceX on the 24th of January. The newspaper says... By noon January 25th, overseas amateur radio operators received signals transmitted by the two CubeSats with correct and corresponding signal frequencies, intervals and coordinates, said NCU Department of Space Science and Engineering Professor Lauren Chang, who oversees the IdeaSat project. That shows the two CubeSats are operating, Chang said. To South Africa now, crowdfunding for SARL Next Generation Beacons. 
In addition to AMSAT SA's financial contribution to the SARL Next Generation Beacon Fund, the group has started a crowdfunding campaign on its PayFast platform. Donors will be recognised on the SARL and AMSAT SA websites, as well as receiving a confirmation email. The first Next Generation Beacon will be installed at Bethlehem, replacing the analogue beacon and was fully funded by the SARL. The next two beacons for which funding is required will be installed in Cape Town and northern Karoo. To Europe now, in France, French Defence Ministry has a tender out for radio jammers that can be drone-mounted. The government's Defence Innovation Agency has put out a request for proposals in search of a small, low-power warfare device that can find radio communication transmitters while mounted on a fixed or rotary wing drone and possibly disable the signals through jamming. The devices are expected to be capable of detecting any number of transmitters operating between 30 MHz and 6 GHz. Amateur radio newslines say bidding is being limited to companies within the European Union. To Denmark now, listen out for a rather long call sign, Oscar Victor Zero, Jutlandia. When the Korean War broke out in June 1950, Denmark pledged to assist the United Nations Command by providing humanitarian aid to the Allied forces. Medicinal products were made available very quickly, and it was agreed Denmark would also send a hospital ship. In the autumn of 1950, EAC agreed to make Jutlandia available to the Danish government, and after rebuilding, the ship departed in January 1951, heading for Korea. On the occasion of the 70th anniversary of this event, experimental Danish radio amateurs have activated a special radio station with the callsign Oscar Victor Zero Jutlandia. From the 1st of February to the 31st of March, this callsign is active on most amateur radio bands, with CW, SSB, RTTY and other digital modes available. All HF bands, including WAC bands, and all modes can be used. EDR, the Danish National Society, is awarding a special diploma that radio amateurs around the world who qualify can apply for. And rounding up this week's international news to the USA, for years Facebook has been developing a technology to improve the way data is organised and routed in wireless networks. That technology is now being integrated into commercially available 60 gigahertz small cell base stations. And if service providers sign on, it could soon help deliver over-the-air internet to homes and businesses around the world. The Facebook technology called Terragraph provides a way for a cluster of base stations broadcasting at 60 gigahertz to autonomously manage and distribute traffic amongst themselves. If one base station goes down, another can take over in an instant and they can all work together to find the most efficient path for information en route. Many internet service providers are considering using 60 gigahertz to bridge the gap between existing infrastructure and new locations they'd like to reach, or to add capacity to places they already serve. It's definitely interesting, says Sweetank Kumar Sahar, a research assistant and PhD candidate in computer science at the University of Buffalo in New York, who has studied the performance of 60 gigahertz consumer gear for indoors. A lot of people have struggled to commercialise 60 gigahertz. There's been a lot of talk. In New Zealand, Corey Weir, Chairman Radio Frequency Users Association of New Zealand, has said using street-level millimetre wave radios, Terragraph leverages existing street furniture to create a wireless distribution network ideally suited for last-mile fixed access. 
One benefit of Terragraph is faster time to market, with it being faster to deploy than wireline services because it mounts on existing street furniture and does not require costly right-of-way permissions. Another benefit is that it can easily be scaled as demand grows, greatly reducing the upfront investment needed. For WIA National News, in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. This is the home service of the Wireless Institute of Australia through VK1WIA. Now, operational news with Felix, VK4FUQ. Hello there. If you are a night owl on the eastern seaboard and happened on a lot of CW around 1 or 2 this morning, Sunday, no doubt you decoded and realised it was another first Saturday sprint. First sprints are held eight times throughout the year. First Saturday and third Sunday in each quarter of 2021, during February, May, August and November. Each sprint consists of a two-hour operating period. Saturday sprints between 1600 to 1800. Sunday sprints between 2100 to 2300 UTC. Last week we took part in the CW section, next the SSB. Yes, the CQ Worldwide 160m SSB contest is end of the month, February 26th to 28th. A couple of weekends back, many avid contestants signed up on YouTube for Contest University's Propagation Summit. Well, now YouTube recordings and PDF files from that summit, hosted on January 23 by Contest University, are available. More than 1,000 logged in for the sessions. Each presentation begins approximately on the hour. You can advance the video to the presentation you wish to view. The link we'd like is shown on the text edition of this newscast and in the ATV version. CQ Worldwide Ruti WPX Contest February 13-14 International DXCW Contest February 2021 DX Window 2021 February Pride Radio Group will be operating the special event call sign VI 2021 Pride throughout the Sydney Mardi Gras February 19 to March 7 then again during midsummer, April 19 to May 5 and Pride Month 1 to 30 of June ZL100RSC throughout February only celebrates the 100th birthday of the first meeting of NZIT's Branch 5, the Christchurch ARC. Portugal, CT. CQ750RSI throughout 2021 commemorates the 750th anniversary of the birth of Elizabeth of Aragon, the Queen Consort of Portugal and Patron Saint of the City of Coimbra. QSL to home call, CT7AQD. Time to open the Madeira. Active will be CT9-DD8ZX and CT9DJ9KM from Madeira Island, an autonomous region of Portugal, comprising four islands off to the northwest of Casablanca and Marrakesh, North Africa. Between February the 27th and March the 6th, depending on the COVID-19 situation, their activity will be holiday-style on 4 to 10 metres, using mostly the digital modes, FT8 and RIDI. Netherlands. PC-19 Hope is queued up until March 10 to support efforts in containing the COVID-19 pandemic. The RAAF is flying high to celebrate its 100 years on March 31. The Royal Australian Air Force call signs the target are VI-100AF March 1 to 29 May, VK-100AF March 1, 31 August. Poland. Members of the Sidena Contest Club are QRV with SQ0 Morse until the end of April commemorating the 230th birthday of Samuel F.V. Moores. Kenya, 5Z. Kato, LA9PF will be QRV as 5Z4 stroke LA9PF from Alindi, now until May, on A the 10 metres using SSB in various digital modes. Antarctica Operation. 
Alexei is active as RI-01ANT from Antarctica until May 30th from Russian Progress and Vostok-based stations on 40 metres and higher using CWNFT-8, QSL via RX-6A. To celebrate the 40th anniversary of the International Police Association Radio Club, IPARC, of Switzerland, look for a special event station HB40 Police to be active until December 31st this year on 160-6 metres. Finland, OH. Special event station OH100SRAL is QRV during all of 2021 to celebrate the centennial of the Finnish Amateur Radio League. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Inningham. In special interest group news today, we'll be joined by Cole, and in case you tuned in late and missed President Greg, we'll need a note later, we'll take this news out with Lee Moyle, WIA Vice President. Now, special interest group news with Cole, VK3GTV. And first up, it's Final Frontier. Radifex at two signals detected as AMSAT engineering continues to assess status. Following on from our story last week on January 27th, Brad, W5SAT, reported copying his CW signal back weekly via the Radifex at two transponder. AMSAT engineering and operations confirmed these reports and determined that Radifex at two is partially functioning, though signals are extremely weak. At this point in time, it's essential to not attempt transmitting through the transponder until further notice. This is very important to the next steps AMSAT are taking. A close encounter of the solar kind. Well, it may have taken some time, 60 years in fact, from 1958, when it was first theorised by Eugene Parker that our sun constantly sends out particles and energy called solar wind, till a space probe took off from Mother Earth on the mother of all journeys, to our sun. Now the Parker probe, named after Eugene and sent up by NASA in August of 2018, has just made a close encounter of the solar kind. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, gives WYA and Amateur Radio Newsline listeners the details. For the first time since last September, NASA's Parker Solar Probe spacecraft made a close approach to the sun just as solar activity began to kick into high gear. From a distance of 8.4 million miles, or 13.5 million kilometers, the probe made its approach on Sunday, January 17th. There was plenty of data for it to collect, especially with Solar Cycle 25 now well underway. NASA has planned four close approaches to the Sun this year, along with two flybys of Venus, with the first one happening on February 20th. After that, it's back to the Sun for another close look on April 29th. I'm Kent Peterson. KC0, DGY. Now, before we are out of space, Aris and its partners are troubleshooting a failure within the onboard NA1SS amateur station in the Columbus module. The problem doesn't appear to be with the radio equipment in Columbus, however. Aris realised the problem with a contact with a school in Wyoming between ON4ISS on Earth and astronaut Mike Hopkins, KF5LJG at NA1SS, had to abort but no downlink signal was heard. Aris has asked its Russian team leader, Sergei, RV3DR, if Aris could temporarily use the RS0ISS radio in the ISS service module for school contacts that are already scheduled until Aris can resolve the issue. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Medical. A long-time radio amateur in Michigan has been reaching out on social media for a life-saving donation. 
Again, thanks to Amateur Radio Newsline, Don Wilbanks, AE5DW, tells us about him. Philip Ross, AB8PR, who's been a licensed ham since 1971, has been looking lately for something a whole lot more than some rare DX or a good signal report. The Michigan grandfather learned recently that he has end-stage kidney disease and needs a living donor to make a transplant possible. He tells his story on various social media sites and his own website, PapaPhilCan.com, in the hopes that someone will come forward to help him. He notes that dialysis, his only other option, is not a cure, but a form of disease management that leads to a shorter life with greatly lessened quality. His website reads, Papa Phil can, his kidneys can't. Even if AB8PR is not in your logbook, if you think you can include him in your own plans to help, visit his website to learn more. Thanks, Don. Now on to Worldwide Special Interest Group's military. And to mark the 80th anniversary of the formation in the UK of the Air Training Corps, or ATC, on February 5, 1941, Ofcom has issued the call sign GB80ATC. The call sign is valid for use for a year between last Friday, the 5th, and the 4th of February 2022. It will be managed by David, M0SKT, and a team of serving Cadet Force adult volunteer staff who are UK license holders. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Most in VK land would arguably know about Wyson, but across the ditch you'll hear lots about ARIC. Amateur Radio Emergency Communications supports search and rescue, civil defence and other emergency services in New Zealand with the provision of experienced radio communications personnel. ARIC members are actively involved in supporting the communications function at operational headquarters, as well as in training, and is an associate member of Land SAR New Zealand and a member of the New Zealand Search and Rescue Consultative Committee. ARIC is formed by members of the New Zealand Association of Radio Transmitters, NZART, who are individually licensed amateur radio operators required to meet standards set by the Radio Spectrum Management, part of the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment. The organisation was born in 1932 after the Napier earthquake to train radio operators in providing reliable message handling over the length of the country for any type of emergency. Since then, communications have been provided for thousands of emergency events, ranging from searches to natural disasters to civil emergencies. ARIC works closely with police in assisting with technical information, policy and development of technology related to search and rescue. ARIC operates under a service-level agreement to police alongside Land SAR for the provision of search and rescue services. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Yota. For the 24 young amateur radio operators in the Western Hemisphere who were part of December Yota Month, the numbers added up in a big way. The youth on the air operators logged close to 15,000 QSOs while calling QRZ with special event call signs. The contacts dramatically topped the previous year's total of 12,000. Some of the operators, such as Michael, W3MLJ, said his favourite part of the activation was being able to run five radios at the same time, all logging contacts on digital modes. Callan K8MTJ got a special kick out of working ZR1ADI in South Africa using FT8. The hams, all younger than 26, had their efforts coordinated by Bryant KG5HVO, who worked with Yota Month manager Tommy HA8RT. 
The event was a prelude to the first Yota camp to be held in the Western Hemisphere, planned for July 11th through to the 16th. Now you're up to date with the latest Worldwide Special Interest Group news. I'll have more next week. Catch you then. I'm Cole, VK3GTV. From Australia, this is the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. Available on RF and on demand 24-7 from the wia.org.au website. 2020 social scene, don't forget because of the COVID-19 situation, always check with the venue before rocking up. VK4, a Weissen event at the Ipswich and District Radio Club. That's next Saturday, Feb 13, starting at 1000 hours. VK3, it's the Wacam Fest, the Italian Sports Club Werribee, February 21. VK2, the Wyong Field Day, Feb 28, still a tentative date. And VK6, the Peel Amateur Radio Club. Here is VK6FAAZ. The Peel Amateur Radio Club is holding its swap meet on Saturday, the 6th of March 2021, in the Mandurah Bowling Club, Allnut Street, Mandurah. Sellers from 0800 and buyers from 0830. Finishing at 12.30. Entry fee is only $5. We believe this is the first swap meet in WA for about 12 months, so there's a great chance to search out a bargain or two for those projects you need to finish or start. And of course, a few good yarns with fellow enthusiasts. If you would like to have a table or two to show your products or sell your no longer needed pre-loved items, please contact the Secretary David. For more details on this event, head to our website www.parg.org.au That's www.parg.org.au and go to the What's New page. We look forward to seeing you soon. 73s. Tannum Sands Gathering in VK4, March 13, 10am. The Gladstone Amateur Radio Club hold this event. So now, until we do meet again, I'm Graham VK4BB. And taking out today's news, here is WIA Vice President Lee Moyle. Good morning. Earlier this week, ACMA released their consultation papers on the future of amateur radio licensing and regulation. Many may have seen these documents in their email or on social media already, but it's important to announce here on WIA News for our members and followers as it will affect us all in the future. At the moment, amateur licences, foundation, standard and advanced, are non-assigned apparatus licences. Repeaters and beacons are classified as assigned licences as they operate on specific nominated frequencies. The WIA will be submitting to ACMA a response to this consultation. We have yet to review the full details of the three options proposed, especially the proposed legislative instruments that underpin the proposals. WIA will draw upon their extensive resources of qualified people to assess the pros and cons of each of the options as well as consult with its membership base and the General Amateur Radio Fraternity for their valued input. Together, the WIA will submit a comprehensive response, representative of the Australian Amateur Radio community's input. Historically, many of these submissions have been successful with ACMA looking favourable to our proposals. This one may offer a a combination of the ACMA-offered options as a comprehensive workable solution to ACMA's three options currently on offer. So, from the ACMA's e-news email, have your say. Review of non-assigned amateur regulatory arrangements. The ACMA has reviewed the regulatory arrangements that authorise the operation of non-assigned amateur stations. This work was part of a broader review that included 
non-assigned outpost licensing arrangements as foreshadowed in the five-year Spectrum Outlook 2020-24. The objective of our review is to identify the best licensing mechanism that reduces regulatory burden and minimises cost for licensees, while also preserving the current operational utility for licensees. We have identified a set of options. We could a. Keep the existing apparatus licensing arrangements and conditions as we currently have now, i.e. no change. b. Simplify the existing licensing arrangements and conditions. c. Transition non-assigned stations to class licensing arrangements while retaining apparatus licensing arrangements for assigned stations. We are now consulting on these options and our preferred approach is to authorise the operation of non-assigned amateur stations under a class licence. We are also seeking preliminary comments on proposals to establish an additional kind of accreditation to allow people to become accredited persons to issue frequency assignment certificates for assigned amateur repeater and beacon licences. The consultation paper and draft class licence are available on the ACMA's website. A separate consultation paper and draft instrument relating to the outpost licensing is also available. We invite comments on the issues discussed in the consultation papers and on the proposed instruments that would implement our preferred class licensing option. Submissions close on the 2nd of April, 2021. Making a submission. You can choose to either make a submission by using the Upload Submission button on the consultation webpage or by sending your submission to slpsconsultations at acma.gov.au. So, please go to the ACMA website and take a look at the consultation papers. More news from the WIA on this important topic in the coming days. So, QRX, QRX. This is Lee Moyle, VK3GK, WIA Vice President for WIA News. From Australia, this has been the Wireless Institute of Australia with the weekly news service. This broadcast is in text, audio and video and is accessed on wia.org.au.